and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we can cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well, inside sports, fantasy football. We're going to record another great episode covering NFL Week 15. That'll be coming up tomorrow night on the Pop Culture Cosmos YouTube channel, or you can catch it on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football channel, wherever you get your podcasts. Also as well, Joe Soros here as Ox1947. You got to catch what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. You know they're not happy with the perimeter defense that absolutely stunk tonight. What happened in Vegas stayed in <laughs> Vegas in regards to the defense. Go ahead and check out what he has to say at LakersBall.com. Plus support his company he works hard at all day long, Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Yeah, exactly, Daniel. What, what was that? What was that indeed? Also as well, go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet, a.k.a. Yami Swoot, a.k.a. Admiral Akbar. No need for a trap game. It happened today. So there you go. But he is the man behind his five things articles, along with Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at Lakerholics.com. Of course, also as well, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV. Support him, Lakers in five. Big shout out to him also as well. Of course, our friends, John McCallion, uh, John Costa with the Lakers Corner, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat with Tony B. Go ahead and support those great channels. And speaking of supporting great channels, click on the little Joe that's right next to Sean Grice right there on YouTube. Click on it today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And for Facebook as well, big shout out to you. Go ahead and like and follow as well. Well, the Lakers coming off the glory of the NBA Cup Championship in Las Vegas. I had said before that they're, you know, you got to watch out. Got to watch out for the hangover. Maybe a little bit too much partying in Vegas. Maybe a little bit of hangover indeed because the Lakers came in to a Texas road trip against Dallas Mavericks coming off a back-to-back game for the Dallas Mavericks and a depleted roster. We've seen this scenario before where the Lakers – don't really get up for this kind of competition. And on the defensive end, they certainly did not get the job done. 71 points given up in the first half and continually got outshot when they needed the help. But from the outside, they gave up 21 three-pointers. And it didn't matter that the Lakers shot 51% from the outside. Didn't matter that the Lakers shot 53% overall. They also got burned with 12 offensive rebounds for the Mavericks. They need to go ahead and play a little bit more stout defense and get a little bit more body action as far as on the rebounds and didn't quite get it done. And they just wasted a prime Anthony Davis performance, gutting it out with his hip issues, 37 points, 11 rebounds, two block shots. LeBron James chipping in with 33, 8, and 9 himself. And Austin Reeves coming in with another decent game offensively defensively was another issue but offensively at 22 points but that's just not enough as the lakers even though they had the lead going into the fourth quarter couldn't quite get the job done and lose 127 to 125 and here today talk about today's game i've got three great panelists indeed well how many threes does a guy have to make in a ham system what are you talking about as far as ham system is concerned they made a decent amount of threes, but again, they got outshot there at the three-point line. It is, of course, the guy behind 
Osi247 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrell from Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. A very disappointing loss, Joe, coming off the high of the NBA Cup. The Lakers were riding a three-game win streak as far as in the regular season. And all that goes to not with a terrible defensive perimeter performance today. I can't really talk a lot tonight because I'm already pissed off. And some of you have valid points on the deficiencies in the Lakers game plan, but this was the typical Dallas Mavericks game where they make every shot against the Lakers. They're the luckiest piece of garbage team with the luckiest piece of garbage players on the, on, in the NBA, suck a freaking egg, eat crap. Seriously. Dante Exum. Dante Exum turns into Reggie freaking who? Miller. Come on. You freaking break. That's all I got. Go to somebody else. I can't. Otherwise, I'm going to start cursing. Uh, I will say also here as well, good man indeed. He is the guy behind <laughs> articles at lakeaholics.com as Joe is really pissed off right now. It is Jamie Sweet and Jamie that's a terrible defense on the perimeter. I understand that Ham, you know, is from the Budenholzer tree. And, you know, one of Budenholzer's main ideals is to shoot or let the, the other team shoot as many threes as possible. You just pack the inside. But as we see, if you hit enough threes, you're going to get the job done. And that's what they did tonight. Dante Exum, Hardaway Jr., Williams from the outside. They made those guys into stars tonight, Jamie. I mean, those guys are all wonderful shooters, right? I, you know, they're, they're wonderful on other teams, and it's so great to see them make all the shots they made tonight. This is one of those games. I mean, I you know, look, Joe's got every right to be, you know, fired up, and I, I agree. I thought this was one of those games that this you don't you don't you don't win the tournament or whatever the the the, the whatever it's called the one hit wonder the one season whatever it is the end season tournament. Sorry, I was stuck in my brain there, and then just kind of half show up the next game the game that actually counts towards you playing for something real right and that's what we kind of saw tonight we didn't see great effort uh evidently the lakers can't play defense without jared vanderbilt coming off the bench um and that's that's just not acceptable that's not acceptable you know it it, I, it drives me crazy three things drove me crazy about tonight's game one was the half-hearted closeouts on their three-point shooters, which was consistent through the whole game. And some people are going to gripe about the free-throw discrepancy. That's BS. Dallas brought a lot more effort to the, to the game tonight. They came with a mentality of attacking us in the way that they wanted to attack us. We never stopped. We never disrupted their game plan. We did zero. To st- to, they got the shots they wanted from the guys they wanted, where they wanted to get their shots from, and those guys made their shots. Now, you know, sometimes guys miss shots and we, we get a, we've gotten lucky and we've been unlucky in some of those kind of games where we score like a bajillion paint points and have a massive free throw discrepancy. And if that doesn't happen and the other team, you know, shoots decently, we're going to lose games like this. And that's a problem because that's not a recipe for success. So, you know, it's great that we got up for the, the, the end season tournament. Like it's wonderful. We're going to hang some weird banner. Everybody will be so happy and thrilled. Uh, I, it, you know, it's funny because everybody would talk about the monster game AD put up, and it was almost like he wanted to show everybody, I really can do that when it matters too, guys. But at the same time, it if the team, you, you got three guys that scored the majority of the points. So we weren't, the team wasn't working. 
and that's that's a coaching thing. And so I, I, it's it's disheartening as a fan to see them play so well, so together, so hard in a game that while great for them individually, you know, they're all 500K richer and they get to put up a weird banner and LeBron gets to put another trophy in his museum in Akron and that's all splendid, splendid, splendid for them. But this this is the game that mattered. These are the games that matter towards what you really want. And if you walk away from the season with the highlight being we did something cool in December, that's not a highlight. That's that's a consolation prize at that point. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that would be it's a participation trophy. Right. You you got a gold star for showing up. Way to go. And and and, and I love the and way I, you said Akron, Gerald. Uh, Jamie Akron. Oh, I, well, I don't know. I'm I'm not from Ohio. I don't know how to. But Akron. Anyway, Akron. Akron. Sorry. Whatever. Point being, this and and like this game, I'm not falling to LeBron. LeBron has been pretty solid all season long, and AD had one of his better games. And and Reeves, even though he you know was fishing for fouls for 400 years all game long, and instead of just playing basketball, like just. Just shoot your shot. Don't do these weird floating through the air, legs flying. Just shoot the shot, man. Just you're good enough. You're good enough that you don't have to do those silly, silly things that we all hate from the Hardens and the guy and the, the Chris Paul, the the the, the stupid. In it drives me mad those kind of silly plays where like you're just hoping for a whistle. Just shoot the shot. Be a man. Shoot the shot. Now, now, now I sound like Joe. <laughs> I'm getting fired up. It was a really frustrating game because I you really wanted to see them come out and say like that, that what what you saw in the in season tournament is what you're going to see for the rest of the season, and they weren't able to do that. So that's unfortunate. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do lose one twenty seven to one twenty five. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast, whether it's pregame, our interviews, our sideshows, our postgames, whatever. Just truly appreciate all over the world where you're seeing us on the Lakers Fast Break. But also here today is a good man indeed. He is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to stop by and head up our playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break live coverage along with Joe Soro, myself, and Laker Nick. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. I'd said on the pregame, I was wary of an NBA Cup hangover, and it seemed like it just the lethargy, the lethargy on the defense was just the the you did you just saw the movement on the defense, just nobody rotating over, constant threes, overplaying too much on Luca. Just let you know, just basic things that ham has got to go ahead and impress on these guys. And he did not do that tonight. None of that. None of that. None of that was stressed. And quite frankly, I get annoyed. I do. I get annoyed by these TNT and ESPN announcers that I have to listen to at times just to get a basic understanding of what's going on. That being said, it didn't matter who was open tonight, Gerald. Markeith Morris hit, hit a three-point shot tonight, Gerald. Markeith <laughs> Morris can barely stand up right now. Right. And he was able to make a three-point shot. Yeah. All right? So it didn't matter who was open. Exum was open. Hardaway Jr. was open. Max Max Christie 
could easily have been credited with giving the Mavericks another three. He fouled Tim Hardaway on a three-point shot that he had no business fouling, Gerald, because Tim Hardaway Jr. at his best was never even average at drawing fouls. And I agree with uh, my fellow panelist, Jamie Sweet. I saw the same things, lackadaisical effort. You you said lethargy, Gerald. I wouldn't say they were they were gassed, man. They had two days off. Yeah. They had the <laughs> Monday just and the Monday off. They didn't look gassed to me. They just looked uh, rusty. I and think for they were experiment rhinoed. Okay. Could be. Could be. Could be. I don't know. I don't really think so because that third quarter was some of their best basketball they played all year. They decided to play some of the best basketball they played in the last uh, eight minutes of a third quarter, Gerald. And uh, they were rewarded with AD hitting that three. That was the high point. Doobie, I will tell you Doobie. right now, Doobie's consistent. He yes. Say what you want about Doobie, and thank you so much for the super chat. I hate hams. I hate ham and wins and losses. He is consistent, yes. and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Joe, it, it Gerald, regard regardless of this effort or not, we talked about the backcourt and its inability to be consistent. I agree. And tonight was a shining example of that. It needs to be addressed at some point. We get a halfway decent game. Yeah, I don't need to see another um, 58 games to make up my mind about the backcourt. You need to to improve it some way, somehow. They need to get better defensively. And for goodness sake, if if you if you're going to upgrade uh, offensively, you might as well find a playmaker because Gerald, as D, if you watch this, it usually, usually what happens is a, a player's efficiency increases because of their ability to distribute the ball and their ability to create a shot for themselves. I'll give you two perfect examples, Gerald. Steve Nash. Steve Nash was able to when called upon to create for himself and to create for other players who were not scorers or shooters. Steve Nash accumulated over, 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 over 10,000 assists playing along the likes of Rafe LaFrenz, <laughs> Michael Finley, Sean Marion, Tim Thomas, and the guy got them open shots. So it, it, it's it's not about who's making the shots. It's how they're getting open. And Luca is a wizard out there in finding guys who shoot 28% from, <laughs> from deep. But he knows that they shoot 35% from the wings. And I'm going to draw in doubles from there. And the Lakers are just going to leave them open. Now, let me say this, Gerald. It's true. Buttonholzer did that. Uh, played that scheme two years in a row. The big difference was the ma- uh, the Bucks were not a complete sieve on the defensive boards like the Lakers are, yeah. particularly on the weak side. 
they always had somebody on the weak side for that. They had Bobby Portis, they had Brooke Lopez, or they had Giannis. Or if they went really small, they could have Chris Middleton, or they even had freaking Pat Connaughton being able to to rebound for them, Gerald. And Pat Connaughton six four, so you're t- you're you're not going to convince me that this team could not adjust in that second half on the weak side, but he chose not to. Doobie's just killing it tonight. I'm sorry, Magic <laughs> Man. I he's apologize. Killing <laughs> he's killing it tonight, Magic Man. Uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, uh, but yes, when Doobie he's goes, so- my gra- when my grandmother can shoot wide open threes <laughs> and she's dead, ham sucks. Dead, bro. <laughs> yes. But, but great points. But condolences, Magic Doobie, man. to your grandma. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can tell you're pissed off, Juby. Yeah. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do <laughs> lose 127 to 125. They're now 14 oh, uh, to 10. Gerald, Gerald, yes. I'll, I'll I'll say this. For all the hoopla about what happened there, do you know who the Lakers leading three-point leader in percentages all time? All time? All no, time. I don't, I don't Steve know. Nash. That's Not surprising. That's depressing. Yes. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Joe, let me bring it over to you, my friend. If are you able to go ahead and speak at this time, or are you just gonna sit there and scowl? You gonna be okay? F Dallas, F Luca, F Exum, X, F every mother effer on that team. I hope they catch fleas, and I hope they can't breathe for a freaking week. <laughs> oh my gosh! They're gonna suck ass in the next game. Watch. I know. No, they're gonna the goddamn game up their ass. Are they gonna? Are they, playing, are they playing the Pistons next? The Pistons will blow them out by fifty. Mm. Oh, it's but it is the Lakers' fast break. Shit. The Lakers are now fourteen and ten on the season. Unfortunately, they do fall to sixth <laughs> place in the Western Conference with tonight's <laughs> loss, and are no longer in first place in the Pacific Division. That to me is more important. Off. I can't go off Blue Magic. I can't. I got a curse. I'm so pissed off right now, and my brain hurts. My brain is swelling. I can't. I can't do it with shucks and darn and shoot words. I got. I have, I have a completely different, different opinion. This was just another SOS game. It was just another SOS. Dante Exum, ex Laker. Oh, a, a freaking walking corpse <laughs> turns into Reggie Miller. I don't even think. Reggie Miller shot that well in his life. Really? Well, I don't know. Eight points in nine seconds is pretty good. Can't stand this team. Can't stand that freaking whining girl. Luca. <laughs> they pushed AD in the back and he's bitching and whining. Yeah. 
And then I got to look at Mark Cuban's damn face, too. A freaking joke, man. Was Dante Exum a Laker? I, I got, if I was, if there's one thing, Darvin Ham, please, if you can do this time, that you're going you're gonna to play them a third time. I think they're the one of only the few teams that they're playing three times. I don't this think year. he ever suited up for the purpose. Put a damn freaking boot to this team's neck the next time you play them. Clothesline somebody. Do something. Send yeah. send somebody to do something. To just jack it up. You know it'll it'll fluster them. Do it next time. Gerald, the, the, I think one one of the uh, themes about this year's Lakers playing the Mavs is that we constantly have to come from behind. We're always running uphill against them. This happened the first go-around when we lost by three, and it happened again when we lost by two. And this one felt a little different because... They just ran out of steam last time. They had them on the ropes at the end of the third quarter this time. Yeah. And they were still giving up wide open three point shots. And you should have. And, you, and your team, and you're playing a team that was on a back to back, and you should have been able to just put your boot on the throat, down low, and just end the game. But they decided to be, again, Gerald, it's these, it, it's these. Dipsy doos and diddly dees, these cutesy, these cutesy wet fart dribbles. I mean, Austin Reeves think and D'Lo think they're wet on the dribble and they're wet farts because it's it's either turnovers or short armed twelve foot shot that you should be able to make in your sleep at this level. You know, it, to me, it was just an SOS game. It's just disappointing because, like you said, coming off the high of the NBA Cup, I knew there would be a little bit of a letdown because emotionally just just because, you know, they, it was just so ecstatic for them and they were so thrilled and you knew there were going to be a little bit of a hangover. But when they came back in the third quarter, Jamie, and they actually led after that AD3 going into the fourth quarter against a team that had just played the night before, depleted with several players, including Kyrie Irving out of the lineup, the momentum was on our side. Just the choice, the shot choices, and, and, and the defense and, on the perimeter and, really killed. And Gerald, and Gerald, while the defense on the perimeter was bad, the defense on Luca was actually pretty good. He just made the right passes. He made. Or he the would right make the light passes. short. He made the right shots, like these little ten footers, or right. He. But he was twelve for twenty eight. He didn't shoot efficiently. So again, you you spoiled a pretty good defensive game plan on Luca. You took the ball out of his hands. You just needed to recover on those on those passes. It, it, it's a lot like this, Gerald. Most of the time, when LeBron gets blamed for a loss previously, whether he was in Miami or Cleveland or even LA the first couple of years. He actually makes the right play most of the time, Gerald. The right pass. It's just his teammates don't always finish. And tonight, Luca's teammates finished. The le- 12 for 28 and only six free throw attempts, Gerald. Luca can get to the free throw line 12 to 15 times a game if he wanted to. So the, the perimeter defense by Reddish, I thought was actually half decent. Some of those were just brush fouls. 
They were just brush fouls that the refs called. And oftentimes what I don't like, and I've seen it time and time again, whether it's in high school, college, or the pros, is that a coach sometimes, instead of actually coaching the feel of the game, they'll actually just coach uh conservatively so if a guy has three fouls they'll take they'll take him out i i don't always agree with that depending on the way the game is being called you can take a chance especially with a great defender and that he was unwilling to do that with ad i thought he should have stuck with him even with that second foul because there was there was no way they were not going to try and attack jackson hayes like, there was no way. And even with LeBron out there, you still didn't have the size and you still didn't commit to the weak side, even though you knew that's where most of the shots were coming from. Jamie, let me ask you this. Uh, when it comes to D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, he's the guy. If he's on with all those other guys, he just needed to get to 10 tonight. If he gets to 10, the Lakers win this game. Just simply the fact is, again, poor perimeter defense, execution down the stretch, missed free throws, offensive rebounds. These are things that the Lakers do constantly that just keep us really just aggravated why we can't see the team that showed up on on Thursday and Saturday more often. Yeah, I mean, look, it's this is one of those things that we talked, I feel like we talked a lot about last season was, you know, if if you can have a mediocre group of guys, but if they try hard, they can do, they can still do great things. And one of the things that I think is going to be annoying to Lakers fans tonight. And I, and I think Joe kind of represents this well was it wasn't just no new star. It was no new stars, plural. We let Hardaway go off. We let Exum go off. Everybody who got a shot made a shot. So the Lakers did a, they might've done a great job stopping a player. They did a crappy job stopping the team, the team of the Dallas Mavericks, you know, got everything they wanted. They got the shots they wanted. They got the balls they wanted. They hustled more than we did. You know, I, the, the, the thing, there's a couple of moments that stood out to me that seemed very correctable, but a lot of this is just being consistent with your effort. And that's one, that's the biggest knock against D'Lo. He's just not consistent with his effort. He's not consistent with his intensity or his aggression. He's like, you know, a four, he's content to be a fourth option. And if he rises to third, everybody gets excited for like, a, you know, a 12 hour period until you see him play the next time. And then you go, oh, well, no, that, there, it goes, there he goes again. He's just hanging out. And so that's why he's going to be one of those middle of the road guys. And that's fine, right? He'll make plenty of money. I'm sure he'll get a jet ski and do cool stuff later on in life and that's wonderful for him for laker fans it's annoying because you want to see your players consistently perform at a level that you know they're capable of and you know dilo wasn't looking for a shot he was you know just seemed half not even in the game half the time you know he just kind of moves the ball and stands around and if that's i think the, the word was put disengaged in our chat i thought that was a very good word yeah i mean he had a zion williamson game right he had the same game zion had you know, a week ago that everybody roasted Zion. So if he had the hype Zion had, he'd be, he'd be in the frying pan right now, but the national media doesn't care about D'Lo. Not since he, uh, not since he surreptitiously filmed Nick Young talking about his 
social his social life. So that's and that's fine, right? You don't need D'Lo to be great, but it starts to cement in my mind that at some points, point man. you need to move. Points. Just need, you need three more points. I mean, you're just it's just, but that's not the point. That's not the, that's not the issue. The issue isn't what he did tonight. It's that what you saw tonight versus what you've seen across. You're not getting anything better. He's not going to be consistent. Just like everybody was like, oh, I hope LeBron like tunes it down, tones it down before, you know, passes the torch. LeBron's not toning it down. LeBron has a gear. It's the LeBron gear. He's in the LeBron gear. D'Lo has a gear. It's a very underwhelming gear, and he's not getting out of it. He's not going to be a different guy. That's just this. Games like this just cemented my mind that we can do just fine in the regular season. We'll get to the play in, we'll get to the playoffs. If you want playoff success, you got to move D'Lo. There's just no real doubt in my mind. And I, I know there are people out there who somehow believe that the one-legged corpse of Gabe Vincent is somehow some sort of trade material. It is not. I assure you, there are, there are zero GMs thinking, you know what would be a steal for me right now? That Gabe Vincent guy over on L.A. For three <laughs> years. <laughs> for, for an year. Not just for this year. For two more. That's a that's a player you attach a pick to to get rid of, not a player you throw in at a deal to get a better player. So you're looking at losing if you're going to get a player of impact. And I know everybody's like not Levine, and I agree. I I really don't want Zach Levine on this team either. But you have to you have to be willing to pull the D'Lo trigger on almost any marginally improvement trade. If it's if it's a granular improvement, you have to consider it because he's so unreliable he's he's just never gonna be he's never even gonna be like i, I mean what, what was it what was it that chandler parson made fun of austin reeves he's only ever gonna be a 15 5 and 5 guy and chandler parson was like a 13 3 and 2 guy and it's like right but is never gonna be a 15 5 and 5 guy he's not not consistently he might end up averaging that but the variation in his performance will vacillates so wildly that you're going to lose the games that he doesn't show up in. And in the playoffs, that's murder. That's murder in the playoffs. He might so look you, great uh, in Wednesday and Friday in San Antonio. That's what I'm saying. Regular season? Yeah, just just fine. Just fine. You know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, Sasha Vlucic evidently was a legendary daytime player. That's fantastic for Sasha Vlucic. And one reason that he didn't make a lot more money in the NBA, despite having a nice shooting stroke and like being on the cusp of the three point revolution in the game. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's games like this that make, and I'm not usually a guy who's a big proponent of trades. I'm usually quite the opposite. I'd rather see, I'd rather see us build and develop and work with a group and make it, you know, try to figure out a way to make it work. I just don't see it happening with D'Lo. I just don't see it happening with D'Lo. And you can't move him to the bench in favor of Reeves or even Vincent when he comes back, should he come back, because then you're not getting nothing. You're getting jack for D'Lo after that. So, And really, you're not going to get a lot for D'Lo now. But like I said, if there's a way that you could make a, I would even say like basically a lateral move, if it's for somebody who can be more consistent in their role, you have to consider it. You have to consider it. And if there's some ungodly way that we can also attach Toy and Prince's deal to a trade that ships deal out, then Rob should win Executive of the Year because that will be a uh, that would be a feat worthy of the uh, of the trumpets heralding his arrival uh, whenever he gets to Staples Center. 
because I, you know, I, I just don't see anything like that happening, but I, I, I just, I don't, I don't expect Dilo to be consistent. So I'm not really let down anymore, but like it's, it is concerning when you think about what you want the team to be able to be, you know, and he's just not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. And like I said, that's fine. He's going to you will have a jet ski if he wants one or like an indoor putting range, but you know, he's not going to be a, he's never going to be an NBA legend and he's not going to be a team, a guy that's part of a consistent winning culture because he's just too inconsistent. And when you see that in games like tonight, and like we're all saying, you know, tomorrow against the Spurs, they'll hit six threes. It'll be great. And everybody will forget about tonight, kind of. Uh, but I won't because <laughs> I remember these games more than I remember the good games. I remember what you didn't do in the moments that we needed you more than what you did when the, you know, when you're playing a, sub, a team that's on what, like a 17, 18 game losing streak. You know, that's like beating up a kindergartner. I'm pretty sure everybody on the panel could beat up a kindergartner if we really wanted to. So, uh, you know. Although I don't recommend it. No, no, I'm not advocating such a moment. I'm just saying we could. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 when Delo doesn't, you know, show up for like a 10, two and two game, I'm mildly surprised at this point. That's, that's, and that's, that's the bummer. You know, it's, it, it's unfortunate. And the Lakers have had a big point starting point guard problem for a while now. You know, it's nothing new. It's uh, we've, we've had a hard time feeling that starting point guard slot uh, really since Derek Fisher left, <laughs> which is a little bit depressing when you think about it, considering the incredible number of very talented point guards that have passed through the ranks of the NBA in the last, I don't know when did Fish retire? Ten years ago? Eight years ago? I can't, I don't, I don't know. It's wild. I, you know what, Jamie, I gotta be honest. I, I think, I think Steve Blake provided a, a tad bit of stability, uh, yeah, so you could you could throw him in there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I mean he, he, yeah maybe I don't know. He he was hurt so much. It's hard to he he, he, he you know I don't know. It's just been everybody a was hurt. Everybody was hurt on that. Everybody sport. was hurt during those years. It's just been a problem, you know. The start, it, it, but that's what's astounding to me. It's like uh, for the number of really incredibly talented point guards that are out there in the NBA and the modern game right now today, for the Lakers to continually come up with like a pair of twos is a little bit depressing. It, it, it's a little bit like, huh? What do you, what do you? <laughs> you're drafting. <laughs> we and then we draft Jared Hoodsfield. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? What is your problem? Do you not know how to evaluate and assess point guard talent in the modern NBA or what? Like, I don't know. It's a little bit, it's a little bit odd, but there it is. Yeah, you put Jalen Hood Shafino against Killing Hayes. You won't put <laughs> Jalen Hood Shafino against Luka Doncic. Uh, he he he'll never get minutes on this on this team. He shouldn't get minutes this year at all. If he gets minutes, it means too many people are hurt. That's that's the truth of that. I mean, I, is anybody else amazed at how poor the defense looked without just Jared Vanderbilt? Is it just me? It was just... That's the only missing ingredient tonight. He was out with back injury tonight. So. Right. And it's like, what? <laughs> Dude only plays like 14, 15 minutes a game, and he's like some sort of linchpin. 
Well, there's uh actually covers a lot of ground. Uh, actually, Jamie. Jamie, I know. No, you, but I, you, I, you'd be you'd be surprised at this. He's the uh, hardest player. He's the hardest playing player on the team right you'd be, now. You, you'd be nobody plays at, better than Vando. You'd be surprised at this. The worst, the worst five man lineup in the NBA this year has been Kobe White, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. And Pat forgive Williams. me, who's who's the Patrick power Will- forward, Gerald? Patrick Williams. Oh, Patrick no, Williams. It's Pat Orchard. Williams. Uh, no, I don't believe he starts though. It's somebody no, else. It's not, that's you, just, you just said the be- the worst five man lineup, though, not the best. The yeah, yeah. Anyway, five. you put Caruso and Pat Williams in that five. You you replace Levine. They go from a minus thirty four to a minus eleven. Oh, so a perimeter a perimeter defender can can make up a lot of uh your I agree. your flaws. I agree. So, no, so I'm, Joe, I'm... Joe's not uh, too far away. Rodell, no, first of all, wait, analysis. hold on, hold on, hold on. Rodell is saying I'll, that it I'll was pull it up right D-O. now. I have it. D'Lo. It's not all on D'Lo. We said it's a perimeter defensive issue tonight. Perimeter is played yeah. by everyone that played yeah. on the perimeter poorly. And I'm not Joe? saying Dio was just bad on defense. He was also bad on offense. Don't don't mm-hmm. mix it up. Yes. Uh, he was bad on both ends of the floor. It's not just <laughs> Dilo. There were several players who didn't get up to speed tonight on the defensive yeah. end. But Joe, let me bring you back in here. Okay, Rodell earlier in the in the chat said, "Excuse me, it was Tory Craig. It was Tory Craig." Okay, in that Fair starting enough. five. Okay, for the that's the worst one rated. Correct? Is that that yes. correct? Okay. Yes. So let me ask you this, Joe. And once again, the Lakers do lose 127 to 125. Uh, they fall to 14 and 10, and they're now sixth place in the Western Conference. Uh, Rodell was saying in the chat that an upgrade on the perimeter, an upgrade in the backcourt, would not have helped the Lakers tonight. Do you agree or disagree? If these clowns had just missed a couple of threes, the Lakers win this game, and we're not talking about Delo's issues whether we were missing this, whether we were missing that, the loss exasperated. It just expands the whole, let's nitpick exactly why we suck or why this guy sucks and why we need to trade him. The reality of the trades that that could happen is we're going to need a team to give the Lakers a player that they desperately need to move. Yep. Which means it's likely going to be a large contract. So it's just not likely that's going to happen with the current payroll. What I'd like to happen is I'd like everyone to be healthy at the end of the year and please get at least a fourth seed. And that's how I'm looking at it the rest of the way. The Lakers might have looked like they were lackadaisical. I didn't believe they were. I believe they played well. They were shooting well. They were distributing the ball well. AD played well. LeBron played well. I was very happy with their performance. Sure, they could have maybe tightened the defense up a little bit, but no one in the freaking planet knew these guys were going to hit 99% of every goddamn shot they took. Okay? This is what these a-holes do. This isn't the first time. I'm not angry because it's tonight. It's because it's always like this with this goddamn team. And I hate them. I hate them, their their owner, their existence. I hate them all. I just want them to punch them in the mouth this third game when they play next. 
God, for God's sakes, if we can play him in the playoffs, just freaking wipe him off the planet. That'd be dope. Just, that's what Magic. I want. That's what I want. And it, the only issue is I wish I could be in a locker room to say it like this in front of everybody. Like, I want you guys to eat these guys' hearts out every time you guys play them. I don't care if you, it costs you a championship at this time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> <laughs> don't say that they're such an irritating team they remind me of the of the kings in the early 2000s they were just this festering just just gnat flies and mosquitoes that just they don't they just they they play way above their heads they play so far above their heads that they're they're obnoxious and i just can't and i can't stand luca i just absolutely cannot stand his body language his face his demeanor, his his just overall just presence on the on the court. He is a constant whining baby, even when it's blatant. I mean, you everybody's sitting there criticizing Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes goes nuts, wrongfully so. The play was it was an illegal play, uh, you know. But you turn on this guy after one blowout, right? That's because that's what people do. They're stupid. But this guy's constantly whining. He's the one that you should be going after and telling him to shut up after every damn play. Enough. Enough of the whining. So the Lakers have an opportunity here in the next four games, in my opinion, to win very clearly. You got San Antonio back-to-back games. I believe they will win those games. You also are going to play uh, Chicago and New York. New York first. On Monday, and I believe Chicago next Wednesday, because after that you are going to have a gauntlet that you're going to have to go through. Absolutely, through, that's through something business. I want to bring about it to you, my friend, because Magic Man and Joe they they play before the end of the month. Minnesota, as I mentioned this on the pregame, Minnesota at Minnesota twice, including one of those games off a of back to back, and then you also play Boston and Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is at, at at Oklahoma City. So that's tough, man. That means that the games aren't going to be so pretty for the rest of this month. But, yes, Joe's right. We got to get a, go on a four-game win streak, and it's got to start now, Magic Man. Yes, it does. Point-proof explanation. I don't have anything else to add to what Joe Sorger said. Okay. All right. Uh, but, Joe, you're right. It gets a lot tougher. Uh, but they've got to go ahead and finish off the Spurs in San Antonio in this two set. I believe they will. I, I'm not concerned about the Spurs. I know probably the New York team, the New York game will be a, a little rough because New York tends to play the Lakers well no matter where they are in New York or in L.A. Well, if, if, Vando, you... if Vando's healthy for that game, he really did a great job on Julius Randle last time. So I, expect, I would expect – the Lakers to win that game. I'd like the Lakers to win the next four games to get some distance here in the and with their record. And then if uh, if they win a competitive game, if you lose competitive games against let's say Oklahoma City and Minnesota, uh, and then maybe beat Boston on Christmas Day, I'd say you know I'm, I'm going to hope for two and one out of those three. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is one and two. Just make sure that the one is on Christmas Day against the Green Turds, please. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 
Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. I will say this, though. Uh, I know 805's asking, does Max Christie have better defense than Prince? Uh, I just don't think, like a tonight, Luca would have just manhandled him, as we saw in that short stint, you know, he was played off the floor in just six minutes. Vando, guys, Vando would have made a difference. Vando's yeah, Vando length and Vando's yeah, strength would have, he would have at least uh, kept Luca from being dominant yeah. going to the basket. And it's the Lakers don't have a lot of room for error when it comes to defense of presence, a, def- a one-on-one defensive uh, prowess. Vando seems to have it, guys. He just has it. That guy cannot miss any more games. The Lakers need him. He fits a bill that they and, – and what it does is his defense ignites everything. It seems like when he plays and he plays well, the Lakers seem to go on massive runs and end up winning by a lot of points just because there's a frustration on the other team that they can't do anything. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're dominating on defense is – frustrate the team so much that they're like they they can't think and uh they couldn't do that tonight because they didn't have the right player to do that so do something physical you know i'm not saying clothesline that's a little exaggerated but do something especially to that freaking prissy little boy luca do something to get under his skin do like you can still do that have a have some nuts and do something to get on Get into the mental part of things. I don't see it that anymore. Can we get to that again? Can we do it? That ass hat and go and go in San Francisco does it. Why can't we do it? At least with some control. At least he he's an idiot. He has no control what he does. Kicking people in the nuts and choking them, going after you know weak the weak antelope and choking them. He wouldn't choke somebody like Shaq or anybody like that in their prime, would he? No. He goes and shit chokes Gobert. Gobert, what's Gobert gonna do? Sneeze on him? No, no. We need we need some kind of an enforcer on this team when things like this happen. And I don't know, I don't know why we don't have that anymore. I'd like to really, really go into a lock, locker room and, and and pump the team up and just just do something. Just do something when somebody keeps doing this to you. But maybe I'm maybe I'm just being stupid and not realizing it's 2023 and they don't do that stuff anymore. I just think it's a positioning issue as well, Magic Man. It's the way that they're coached. They're coached to let them take those threes. And tonight, as you said in that tweet by Darvin Ham in a statement, the statistics bore out is to let Exum take the threes. So, Z, it doesn't matter who would be guarding Dante Exum. They were all told by the coaching staff, Magic Man, to play off of Dante Exum. That's what you saw tonight. You saw it tonight with D'Angelo in a play where he could have he stayed right on him. He stayed right on him for the first pass. When the pass came off to him, he had just meandered a couple steps off and let them shoot, and obviously Dante Exum made it. The same thing would have happened if Max or anybody else is because that's what they were coached to do is tonight to let Dante Exum shoot, and that's what got them burned. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. It'd be the it'd be the same game plan if you were playing the Portland Trailblazers and uh, you were looking at the data sheet for Matisse Tybel. Leave Matisse Tybel open. He's a poor three point shooter. He's the one we 
if we get cooked, we get cooked by him. At that being said, that can be a game plan, Gerald. But you gotta a bit adjust. You gotta adjust after he after he went. So he shot eight for ten from the field for the game. He shot seven of nine from three. After he was four of six, that's when you likely should have made an adjustment and just say, make sure he doesn't get any airspace. But Gerald, I, I the tr- the trust factor was huge tonight with Luca. He was twelve for twenty-eight from the field. The Lakers actually did an admirable job on him. And Exum had, according to NBA.com, Exum had two wide-open threes. Grant Williams had two wide-open threes. Hardaway had three. So you're talking about seven of the 21 threes being at least wide-open, Gerald. That's six feet or more. That's... You have to adjust for that. Like, the let's be honest, Gerald. Kyrie Irving, Josh Green were out. Those are probably two of their four best athletes. They don't really have a lot of athletes outside of those two guys. And you made inexcusable, inexcusable errors on the perimeter. Disagree, Kazi. Absolutely disagree. They were coached tonight to let Exum take the shots. Doesn't matter. They're all you're talking about six five or six six players all playing off of a six five shooting guard taking the shot. It's about the coaching Z, something where you're wrong and incorrect on that Z. Just accept the fact they all were told to play. Doesn't matter if it's D Lo, doesn't matter if it was Austin Reeves, doesn't matter if it's Cam Reddish, doesn't matter. Who would have been out there? They were all told to play off of Dante Exum and got burned on that tonight. Just accept it. That's what happens. It was poor coaching and not adjusting. We're talking about Ham and adjustments, the things he does not do when he does not recognize if there's a player that is hot from the outside. He needs to go ahead and step out, have people step out and stay on them. Same thing with Williams. Same thing with Hardaway. They did nothing to really go ahead and get them off their game, Joe. They did nothing to go ahead and try and make these shots a lot harder for themselves along the perimeter tonight, Joe. Well, they tried to sag off to distract Luca a little bit, and I believe they were hoping at some point this team would start missing, and they didn't. They didn't miss for four effing quarters. I mean, look how close the game was. They lost by two points. If they go three, if they just had a couple of threes that didn't go in, the Lakers would have won this game. So I'm not going to harp on this. I'm not going to harp on Darvin Ham's rotations or the players not doing what they're supposed to do. This was the Dallas Mavericks playing that one game that just they, they just could not do anything wrong for an entire 48-minute game at home, this is the result. The Lakers didn't look, in my opinion, in my view, like they were uh, lagging from the the tournament. 
Why would they lack from the tournament? It's still the regular season. They're playing basketball. It's not like they won the title and then uh, or the tournament, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, we've been off a week. We are partying. Two games, two days later, they played a regular game. That's the normal season, the normal schedule. So no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on Darvin Ham tonight. I'm not gonna get on the players who apparently sucked on defense. No, this was the the freaking Dallas Mavericks playing out their ass, and I don't believe we'll ever see a team play this good, especially from three, especially that dead that freaking dead guy that that's been dead for freaking what ten years. All of a sudden he gets resurrected. Can't miss a shot. What is the luck of that? Screw that. No, no, not doing it. Not tonight. Once again, it's the Lakers, unfortunately, losing 127 to 125. Again, it's all about, I think, a little bit something more than that than what Joe's saying. I disagree with there. I think there was adjustments Ham could have made that could have helped this team win. Again, it doesn't matter if you have a six foot or six six, six seven. You're talking about closing out, athleticism, whatnot. When they're playing so far off Magic Man because they're so worried about forcing themselves onto Luka and helping out on Luka, it leads for those wide-open jumpers. You have to stay with your man and see what you can do to go ahead and face off against Cam Reddish, against Luka or Prince or whoever you've got assigned on him and just you know see what happens there. I agree, I agree, I agree Gerald. This is, this is the long game you have to play. Deadly score, very adept shooter, can be precise at times, capable of slicing anyone up at any point in time. <clears throat> Didn't have the best shooting performance tonight, Gerald, and it was because a lot of the time he was one-on-one. I mean, some bunnies he just missed. He was 3-for-10 from beyond the arc, Gerald. He, a, a couple of those looked like they were like an eighth of an inch away from going in. That's that's how semi-close this game can be sometimes. But yeah, I, I think ultimately if you're gonna if you're gonna play this team, you should be able to go one on one with Luca and have him play uh one four. And that's the way it should be. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be trying to cheat off those doubles. Like that that's another thing. There was a lot of questionable decision making, and then they weren't sure whether to recover or not. Prince Prince has had this problem since the beginning of his Lakers career drill, and that hasn't changed even with Vando in the lineup. At times he gets lost, and then he's not sure how or where to recover. Because he's not willing to communicate. And that's the worst. Because you leave other guys out to dry, Gerald. Particularly the guy beside you. On either side. So yeah. It's kind of a big deal. When you're making the same mistakes over and over again. And nobody's telling them. Guys. Look. We know what the game plan originally was, but here's the deal. Exum is getting open too easy. That's the issue. See, Gerald? I mean, great... just, 
what well, does let me just say this because Sean's sure. saying he was one for four from deep last night, so we should have game plan. No, you don't game plan for Dante X of going into the game, but that's why you make those adjustments, correct, Magic Man? Yes, Gerald, a hundred percent. That's what we pay ham for is to make those adjustments. I absolutely you know, let let's let's check the um let's check the cover at the door here. You know, Darvin Hammock has to make sure that everybody's right on that floor. And when Exum is bombing away, you have to get somebody into his airspace. I mean, if he's going to make him, he's going to make him. That's the thing. I mean, Tim, Tim Hardaway had a hard problem with his man tonight, Gerald, whether it was Austin Reeves, Prince, Reddish, whoever got switched on him. They tried to take away his airspace. Axum and Grant Williams had more of a, more of an easy time, Gerald. A lot of the times, uh, have you noticed that D'Lo will get picked on at the above the break just before the wing, Gerald? And teams will tr- try and drag him away from the corner because he tries to think that he could sneak in, right? That's what happens a lot of times now. Austin or D'Lo try to bluff, and the bluff doesn't work, and then you leave your man open. That's a problem. That's a coaching issue as well. It's not just a player issue. It's a coaching issue. If guys are going to make shots, they're going to make shots. You don't leave your man open. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But then again, once you start seeing, once you start seeing them feel it, yeah, you have to go ahead and just try to do make him uncomfortable. Do something to go ahead and make him just. And the adjustment isn't, you know, it wasn't there. Uh, Joe, it is another loss for the Lakers. The Lakers are now sixth place in the Western Conference. Again, a chance to get right over the next four games against uh, very beatable teams. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Shrug this off, Lakers, and focus on the next four games and – Try to get this this next four games so that you you've got some room to to compete in the next three because the next three are going to be extremely difficult. You're probably going to face for sure in the playoffs one of these two teams, either Oklahoma City or Minnesota. So start getting used to doing that, and then of course Boston on Christmas is Boston, and we owe them one from last year. Please uh, keep playing the way you guys are playing, please. Uh, uh, they could have played tighter defense. They could have made better adjustments, but I was encouraged at how, how well AD and LeBron played. Shot and very well overall. You gotta, yes, you know, they shot very well. You have to give them credit for that after the emotion of this tournament thing. That I'm telling you right now, if they miss a couple of threes, if Dallas miss a couple of threes, the Lakers win this game, and we're not talking about all the deficiencies this team has and how D'Lo needs to be traded. Just yeah. Just have to miss one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. That because then that becomes uh, the the credibility starts to go downhill if you're gonna sit there and complain about things that might be happening, but they're not to the extreme of just because that thing says L versus W doesn't mean that you can't say, look, these guys came to Dallas, they were, they were balling, they just didn't ball enough to get the the win and the other team played 20 times above their heads. If they had played 19 above their heads, the Lakers would have won this, but I want them. I want them bad on January 17th. I just, I wish I could say something to pump this team up because I want them to eat their hearts 
I, I really, could just really see, I could just see you going and walking up and saying Dante freaking Echo. <sighs> That's all you need to say. Dante freaking Exum. Magic Man, uh, any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Dante freaking Exum. <laughs> uh, at least he's made his way back into the league, but yeah, he probably won't hit this many threes in the game again all season long. That's and, by, and, by, and by the That's way, by the way, two dudes getting the same haircut. That's like two women wearing the same dress. So I would say next time one of you tries to get a fade, Grant Williams, you check first. Make sure it's okay because it's not a good look. Darren said LeBron's not going to get easy layups in the playoffs. Look at Saturday. He was challenged. Uh, yeah, but again, that's, you know, when he can go ahead and, and, get inside like that you, you, these are games you should not waste when it comes to when you have lebron scoring 33 and ad scoring 37 and actually a you know austin reeves 22 three guys above 20 points and you still managed a way to lose and that's that's what's the disappointing part i think that's when it comes down to it you get the offense that you need to win games it's just you just find ways to not get it done the offensive rebounding giving up 12 offensive rebounds. That's that's still an issue with us. And of course, also as well, the perimeter defense, just choosing to go ahead. And Williams is a 40% shooter on the season. Don't know why you left him open so much. Hardaway, you know he gets hot from the outside. You continually left him open as well. Again, uh, you know, it is what it is. You guys have your opinions on Darvin Ham and tonight just uh, didn't quite work out. As the Lakers lose 127 to 125, but hopefully they can get right again and get well again in San Antonio because they're going to have a nice little stay in San Antonio for about three days because they'll be there Wednesday and Friday in one of those little NBA quirk things they're trying to do to save on the, the mileage on the players. So hopefully the Lakers will take advantage of it. We'll see if uh, LeBron or AD are sat down for tomorrow night's game. We know AD was hobbling throughout the game. We know he fell down several times. What a shock. But hopefully both guys will be upright when they play, hopefully against Victor Wembyama on national TV tomorrow night. Go ahead, Magic. Yeah, the fall brow. Drinking game was in effect tonight. That's for sure. Once again, it is the Lakers losing 127 and 125. I want to thank Jamie Sweet for stopping by. Go ahead and support him and Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com and to support Joe at Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. And Magic Man does an incredible job each and every time out on playback.tv. Special shout out to Laker Nick and special shout out to the best Lakers chat room that's out there, right there at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrow, Magic Man Sean Grice, Jamie Sweet. This is Cheryl Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow for the pregame. And of course, on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break for the Lakers in San Antonio. And the postgame, the best that's around, is right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>